Hello, my name is Billy, founder of White Castle. And over the years, we have been a staple in every community, putting smiles on faces, putting frowns on stomachs. Our PR and lawyers ask me not to say this, but the minorities have given us plenty of names over the years, and they still buy our delicious burgers that tend to give you the quote-unquote bubble guts. So we decided to make a new burger that from us is for them. And I thought, who could tell you candidly about our new burger? So I got Mr. Marion Knight to tell you about <laughs> our addition to the White Castle menu. Take it away, Shug. What's bracket, my niggas? My name is Shug Knight, coming from the Montague, Ukraine, cases of diarrhea, cut murder burgers. They were grade A, USDA, Las Vegas strip steak. Let's for a limited time. Limited time. You can try the West Bracken Buffalo Fries. And if you want a real bird that ain't got yoga mat particles, if you don't want that rapey you king looking nigga to be all in the videos. But that it looking motherfucker or that soulless ginger bitch, come to White Castle and get you a murder burger. I ain't gonna say that shit again. You are now tuned in to the Flyest Podcast on the internet. The Any Gold Podcast, episode 35. Walk this way, nigga. Cue the instrumental. Back episode 35 of the Indie Gold Podcast. Walk this way. Shout out to Stolen Drums for that instrumental called Roads. And you need to get that new beat tape called Veggie Tacos. That shit is flames. Go to Stolen Drink, Stolen Drums bandcamp.com and get that shit for free. If you want to support the big homie, you know, get his subscription. You get nothing but dope, dope music every fucking month. And um, we're back. Veggie tacos, really? Yeah. Well, he's a vegetarian too, so you know. But I'm just saying that sounds amazing. Like, it, yo, I had veggie tacos before. It was made with cactus and shit like that. Shit was fucking delicious and shit. Like, so tastes so delicious. Then, then again, I'm 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 really into trying out different things. I don't care if it's vegetable. I don't care if it's a bean. I don't care if it's a meat. I will, I'm all for trying out. Okay, new so things let me ask, let me ask you this, real real nigga shit right here. Would you eat raccoon or possum? Hell fucking no. That's all I wanted to know. No, never. That's good. Good man. No, now you know I know there's some people who who've been tricked into it wild deer before well not wild deer but i had somebody hunted it and they brought it over to my my um, aunt and uncle's house and cooked it and it was incredible. deer goes in my nigga with rice and beans yo my aunt makes some deer that you would think is steak and and you know what deer yeah. is healthier than all the bullshit we eat anyway because they only eat grass they're actually grass fed from the woods and Somebody kills them and then eats them. It's nature. It's not, you know, you don't know what's, what's in that uh, that fish you eating. You don't know what's in nothing these days. So if you hunt, yeah, no. somebody bring you some food that they hunted, like, that shit's good for you. Word, word. And, you know, we're going to get into this episode just to tell you all that uh, if y'all don't know, now you know. I am executive producing all 100 Goons mixtapes. Shout out to Red Ryan and the good people who are going to be submitting great, great music over to the, you know, over for the mixtape. You know, you got some Fat Caesar. You got some Nisantine. You got this track I just got from the, I just got from Lyric on the Braid called This and That. And that shit's flame. Uh, of course, you got the Yeah, Nine from PD and Craze, uh, Cash Rocker. Um, 
we're going to be reaching out to in the next coming weeks. So, you know, hopefully we're going to get this whole ball rolling and hopefully we're going to be having the 100 Goon Show coming very, very soon. And it's going to be me, Red Ryan, putting together um, showcases with the hopefully get too much um, information on that because there's a lot of, you know, preparation going into it. Well, you know, I got to, you know, I'm a, I need to give Red Ryan a shout out. And, you know, since I know that more than likely he's going to be hearing this, yo, I need that double XL Honey Goons t-shirt. Like, I need that in my life. It, it, before, I know I asked you for a 3XL, but I've dropped 20 pounds since then. So, you know, got to. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. We're trying, we trying to get up, make sure our threads is looking right, even though I'm, I'm fat as fuck. So I can't wear none of the shit y'all niggas be making. Like, yo, old one free be making mad dope shit that I be wanting to wear, but I'm fat as fuck. And that shit be fucking my life up. But that's okay, man. Like, hopefully, you know, I'll get, I'll get back on this fitness fucking wave and shit and hopefully i stay on it and you know hopefully i get a job and stop eating all the depressing ass food and shit because usually when i work i don't don't drink as much and you know that's all also on that and on um, what else we got going on the indigo podcast soundtrack season two is out yes got it is and it's out filled with dope music from a lot of dope parts that we played over last season and you know Shout out to the you know to one of the buyers that bought the um the project you know, uh, ours that were that were featured on the soundtrack actually bought it for ten bucks. So you know if you feel like you know the the soundtrack is dope enough and you want to support the the Indigo podcast, you want to support Golden Era Music Group. So we as you all know, the Golden Era Music Group is a fledgling label because we are trying to rise you know we all like i said at the end of the day for anybody who's an artist anybody who's trying to be entrepreneur it's going to be a hard climb up especially if you don't have the funds and if you're as dumb as i am sometimes and thinking that you, you can like put your faith into a job that well when it comes down like you know my job you know i've been trying to get a permanent position over there and they've been bullshitting me for the past couple of years i've been with this job for going on seven years now and you know um i don't know why i had to prove to tell them that i want to be there for the long haul because at the end of the day there ain't no other job that's gonna pay what they're paying I, i'm all for, for getting paid what they're paying me and it, actually that could help my, help this business move forward because at the end of the day you know i'm not asking my artists for nothing and to be honest, I should because we all we should be you're all a family here. I know they ask. I know Larea asks a lot of like you know what do you like? Do you need anything? I'm like I never know what to ask. Well, I I say like this, man. Everybody in the company right now is doing an individual grind because everybody wants to put money into this. So you know when it comes to saying like yo we need to work towards this or that that's what we need to do and there should be no you know no fear no you know you shouldn't feel like you're gonna be a burden on the artist because like yo i'm over here doing call center i'm over here talking to different people on a regular basis who are ordering stuff and um you know it's not always fun but I'm trying to make some paper. 
So if call centers was going to do that, call centers was going to do that. Because you know what? Like, I just, I refuse to go another route that I could easily go down here. I could easily go to the dark side and make fast, fast money if I wanted to. But I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, guys, when it comes down to this uh, this label shit, it's going to be an uphill climb, you know. And um, But, you know, at the end of the day, you get, it's all about the simple things. And getting be able to listen to, new, to music before it comes out is always something I always feel great about. And I feel great about when people feel like they can trust letting me hear certain things. And um, there's this project from some rappers from where we come from that ha it should have been it should have been out so long ago but the way how that whole shit is structured to be honest it's like it it, it will coincide with the times of what's dope out what's hot out on the streets and um it does resemble what a time to be alive but a better version because i do not like the drake and future version of it so that you know i'm looking forward to people hearing it too and word you know what yeah. I'm, I'm glad i'm glad you brought that out though you know what um hopefully this will work but um i want to let you and all our audience preview a few seconds this is like giving you like a little piece of chocolate but not the whole candy bar let's oh. let's see if this works I saw y'all get. Uh, it, it sounds sounds nothing like that. It sounds very uh like it's it, like I gotta say it will stand up against a lot of these industry music that's out there. It really sounds that good. Well, that was actually one of one of my secret beats. Get rid of it. No. <laughs> you said that about. I forgot which songs you said Boys that about. on the grind. Well, that's one of them. You had other ones on Fat Caesar, and then I made you believe it. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't remember if there was any beats I really hated on Fat Caesar, to be honest. No, but, there um, was, because you didn't know what I was going to. I think I showed you Honeymoon Suite without any lyrics, and you were like, what, you know, what is that? If I heard, if I heard that beat for the first time, I would have loved that beat. So I, I know. Do, I, don't, I don't think it's that, you know that one. I it might have been Caesar's funk. No, no, I know exactly. Salute me. It was salute me. It was salute me. It was salute me. And then when you heard the lyrics, you became a believer. I don't know. It's called a believer. Like I said, I always tell people I'm a I'm a guy that's about results, and you know I'm not about the person who's about the about the beginning part of the product. I'm about the end product. Salute me and ended up becoming what it ended up becoming. Sadly, it didn't become what it should have became with a video and all these other things. And we will not get into that ever again. And um, well, it, it was still. I'll say this: um, when I perform, when I do performances, that one still generates one of the best responses from the crowd. Word and not only that, and back to that video. Um, 
Nah, we ain't gonna talk about oh, for all the people who make videos and was criticizing the salute me video when it did come out, and y'all videos are not up to par. I really don't want to hear y'all speak to me at all. Like, cause sometimes y'all videos deserve to be in the Newark Film Festival and no further than that. It don't even deserve to go near Tribeca. They'll probably burn the fucking street. Even come near that shit. Damn. See. This nigga, this nigga is harsh. And you know, speaking of harsh, I heard you were pretty harsh at an open mic recently. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Styles Flea and um, for two. That shout out to them. You know, like for Owen Free for like inviting me out to do uh judging for an open mic. A part of me was like, how is this whole thing gonna happen? And as soon as I walked in the door, Styles was like, Jay. <laughs> And I'm like, word, this it. And I need you to be an asshole. I'm like, yes, this is going to be fun. Yes, because Mr. B likes to shit on on people. He just... And, and, and not only that, in person. Yeah. See, you talk about, um, you know, how you ain't like a certain nigga, but sometimes, you, you know, you have the same quality as a certain nigga. Oh my god. I like to Fuck hang white you. people off a balcony. Oh my god. No, no. But at the end of the day, uh walked in the place. It's pretty dope. You know, uh, you know, I saw, I was just scouting out all, all the talent that was gonna be coming in. The first first person who came on was a comedian. Well, shout out to Fleaway. Fleaway did um set off the performances and if he was really a part of that, uh a part of the lineup of the people who were for the three hundred dollar grand prize, um, he would have won because he had crowd control. So okay, so it wasn't so much the song, like you, you like you weren't feeling the song that he did. Uh, like I, I think, I think it's no secret. I'm not the biggest fan of Flea Wade's music, and sometimes I'm just not the biggest fan of his attitude. And um, and not to be on, and to be honest, it's like when he, when me Niz, Bray was sitting having our conversations as we always do at certain events, and this and dude came out and said he wanted to do SOB, but he didn't want to do it the way Niz did it, and I felt that was a stab at me, even though he probably didn't know I was the one who tried who got Niz that gig at SOBs. But for him to try to say, like, I don't want to do it the way he did. I'm going to have my own show. I'm going to do this, this, and that. And I'm just sitting here, like, <laughs> like, and I actually said it out loud, too. And people were like, yo, what the fuck? You know, I'm like, nah, because that pissed me off. I felt like, yo, dude, like, I understand. It's good to have confidence. Good if you think that you're, you're, you're one of the best. But you're not going to skip steps to get to where you need to be. You know, thankfully, I had somebody who are probably not cool with no more that helped Niz get into that spot. You know, he told me, hey, if you let him just come for the audition, he just gets in automatically. So that's that's how. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah but I'm not cool with that person no more. I already told you about people poaching and stuff like that. And it's that same person. And he kind of started telling the, the brothers in arts community about me about how I approached them about it and it you know 
my mom, I'm a confrontational person. I, at least I will, I will do it to your face. And people have yeah, to understand. You, uh, are, have you to... are honest, yeah. Yeah, and you know, like what's so bad about it was he tried to ask me to manage him and and you know but just because you asked, let's get all the bad things out the air and let's see where we can move on from. He didn't want to move on from that. He felt upset when I when I mentioned all that stuff. It is what it is. But back to this uh great open mic. I had a fun time. Uh, my biggest issues with a lot of these performers were they perform to their own music. You can barely hear the music. I mean, barely hear the words. So it kind of like you didn't a damn thing. And I had to like you know lay into like one like I had I had like a rule. If everybody's music sounded the same, like th- the first three people's music sounded the same, the fourth person was gonna get the worst critique ever. It was all really for all three, all four of them. So, a lot of these, a lot of these guys that came up, I I just knew that the music was gonna be near, nothing that I was really gonna like. It was gonna be a lot of turn up shit. It was gonna be a lot of, you know, it was gonna be a whole lot of bullshit that I just really wasn't feeling. But you know, so it's more, it's more preference. It's not so much. Now I know that there's some people that were probably just actually really really just whack yeah but some of so, it is a preference gonna... thing with you it's not so much they're whack just not what you you're into personally no and not only that but the thing about me with the whole thing with the preference thing is but me as a you know a consultant an A&R I know what makes a great artist and what makes a great performer. So I try to grade things based on that. And I grade things based off of how you have to um, control the crowd, if you people are really feeling your music. And a little bit, then I, then I start grading it based on that too. Because I know if I know I'm not going to like your music, I got to find some redeeming qualities within that shit. So. Well, you got to do like me. See, all y'all that, that want to make Mr. B. Like like certain things, you show them the beat first. Then you let them shit on it, on it a little bit. Then you kill that shit, and you make him a believer. You convert no, that. No, that only works for you, Caesar. To be honest, like you are like the exception of Golden Era Music Group. It's like they have to be creative. You're the exception. Just remember that. Like you will only be they'll probably be the only one making. Mainstream music and golden era music. That's because my mainstream music still is creatively on a different level than these other mainstream niggas. Exactly, and that's why you are consult. You're called the exception, and that's why a lot of people do not like golden era music group. And that's fine. I can care less. It's my vision. I can care less about how everybody else thinks. Oh, but, so um, so so niggas put uh, put us in that um. See, I can't even remember the name of that that label back in the day, but everybody would like if you were on on some underground shit, they put Orcus. you in that category. Yes. Yeah, I want, I want, I want, I want us to be like I said. I always say, I always want us. I want us to be a mixture of different things. I do want us to be a mixture of rockers. I do want us to be a mixture of Stone's Throw. Started being realistic. Now with all the beat tape stuff I was doing, I want to be more like selection. Um, 
There's a couple other places. I, I wouldn't mind having that same flair that Griselda Records has. Like, Griselda has a certain flair. They have merch that is so fucking dope. They, but see, they, nobody, nobody's really said anything bad about Griselda. No. No, no, no. They can't. At the end of the day, I... I want y'all to understand. I have to stop doing. I have I stopped doing gym shows so long. Me as a person had to find. As a person had to find ways to remain relevant. And you say, Caesar, just be honest. During the, the time of like no gym shows, have our state relevant? You've have been, our yeah, state relevant? You have through through podcasting, through the beat tapes. Through compilations like the Indie Gold podcast soundtrack, things like that, Jam Radio, being asked to do events, being asked like hosting like, different things, uh, that open mic where you were an asshole. Oh, see, <laughs> and, and you know, and that's on to actually open more avenues for me because Styles is like, yo, I got this place in Newark. That I want to do open mic at, and I really want you to be a part of that. But you know what? Since you're keeping it so real, really, you know, everybody in the company needs to needs to go a little harder. And um, you know, that includes myself, but I will say in my defense, I still be dropping music to keep my name out there at least you know a few times during the seasons i'm saying like throughout the year you will still get a few tracks from me even if you didn't necessarily get an album which i mean finally people are going to get an album from me but i'm just saying for the last two years i still put out something i think me and for the most part la brea like we've been consistent in putting something out well as y'all all know, Miss Seventeen is on hiatus or, you know, creative differences with himself because, you know, I'm not going to be the one to tell him that he can't do what he wants to do creatively. So I'm going to let him find himself. I want him to do that. And I, and I don't want him to not find motive. I want I don't want him to find motivation within this scene. I would rather him find motivation within music itself. I want him just to to come back, get in there, and just kill it, and just do what he does, do what he's known for. But um, back to this this open mic. People had to catch the flame. I'm sorry, like you know, like the the flame. They had to catch the flame, like little Puerto Rican yachty, like that nigga. He's like you could tell that nigga only rap but for so long. But when he said that he rapped for just a month, get get the fuck. His mom was in the audience. I felt even worse. No, I, actually, I didn't feel bad. I just told him to get the fuck off the stage. But people were like, "No, nah, man, chill out, man. No, you really get the fuck off the stage." The track, the tracks was garbage. He even did a song that he dedicated to his mom. That was garbage too. If my mom. For my mother like that, the way he fucking made, I'd probably be disowned as her child. And I just was like, Are you fucking serious, man? Like only a month and you making fuck all these damn little yachty ass records and shit. I just not I'm just not a fan of well, that type of shit. Well was it original at least? Like original beat? Uh yeah. 
it was original beats, but you could tell it, it sounded like something that Lil Yachty would rap over. And it probably was something that Lil Yachty rapped over. I, I don't listen to Lil Yachty's music like that. So I wouldn't know. Nah, me me either. Not anything solo anyway. If I hear something with, with Yachty in it, it's because he's featuring somebody else's track, like DRM. Yeah. Uh, why do you keep calling him that? Is this call him Drum? <laughs> Look, I call him DRM. My wife calls him DRM. A few people I know call him DRM. That nigga's DRM. That nigga is Buster Rhymes' long-lost son. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, then we got this guy from Harlem. I call him Lil Harlem Shrimmer. You know, he, he he had like a little attitude and shit. Like he was rapping and shit on stage. And I was like, I heard Matt Ray Shrimmer and his shit. And I, I asked him once I got the mic in my hand. I was like, yo, like, yo, are you a fan of Ray Shrimmer and shit? Do you like Mike Will made it beats and shit? And he was like, nah, nigga, I'm from Harlem. I'm 16 years old. I'm a Max B fan. I'm like sitting here like. Max B fan. Uh, you see, At 16? You got it. I'm like, no way in hell. You're not a Max B fan. Like, nigga, you were six years old when Max B was popping. <laughs> like, you were playing with, I don't know, with niggas in the early 2000s were playing with toy-wise because I was already an adult when that little nigga was yeah. a very little nigga. But, you know, I highly doubt he was sitting there listening to Max B. He probably heard of Max B because of French Montana or something. Yeah, exactly. So I I, I don't get that shit. You should have told that nigga but, welcome um, to the Apollo because you were like the it was Apollo night. It sounded like because the Apollo will tell you your shit is whack. And you know what's so bad about it? Like me, I'm just doing mad jokes on niggas. I even made jokes on the DJ. He looked like James Harden. So I I said jokes like you know I want this, I want to take a shout out to the Houston Rockets organization for lending James Harden the DJ for the night, and <laughs> everybody cracked the fuck up. <laughs> I'm done with life. Yo, I haven't seen the DJ, but I'm I'm picturing the look on, on his face and everything. Yo, yo shout out. Like, shouldn't you be out winning rings or something? Like, why are you DJing? Yo, like, shout out to DJ Flo Easy. He was a cool guy, man. He actually laughed at the joke. A lot of people didn't want to laugh. People were kind of, like, sad. That I said. Damn, you made you made children cry, my nigga? Like, damn. I can't help that. You know, I want these people to understand, like, not everyone's going to like their shit. And what are you going to do? I'm scared to show you LT3 when it's finished now. Like, this nigga. You know how to show me a finished fucking product, Lachi. <laughs> yeah, I do know how to show you finished product. Like, like I'm going to tell you right now, at least my closest circle of artists that I work with know how to show me a finished product at this point. They, they know what I want. They even know what I want to, what I want to promote, what I want to like put my, put my stamp on everything. You, you should know this by now. You've been around me for too long. Yeah, no, you, I do. You, you've been around the mannerisms a bit too much. Yeah, but you, and, in the words of Rick Ross, a little wiser, maybe a little more violent. Oh God! <laughs> well, yo, but like on some real shit, wanted. It was like a third contestant out of the 20, 20 plus contestants, and he didn't even use a mic. He didn't even use a beat. He captivated everybody with his poetry. I cannot remember any of the shit that he said because we record this record this podcast about a damn open mic, so I really don't remember any of the stuff that was said. But 
the fact of the matter, I always tell people this. When you're a performer, you got to have the audience captivated. Other places I've been to where they have spoken word poetry or poets, people don't know how to shut the fuck up. People shut the fuck up when this man spoke. And shout out to Poem. He won first place. He won $300. And it was well-deserved. Who was coming in like Illinois and all the other guys was trying to get $300. And they had good music. They did. But I felt that was unfair. And knowing, knowing their stature within was going, well, stature in New Jersey wasn't cool. And shout out to them, though, because they really performed some really dope music. Uh, so I would like to just say shout out to 3 I will be doing more of these, and I hope I don't. I will not need security, even though shout out to um for Mr. Wu, um, Low Cash, Louis Ev, Crazy Horse, for making sure nobody shot me that night. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was getting kind of it was getting kind of hectic, and but then again, like you know, too real. And my, I'm not gonna lie, like there were people in the audience that were just looking at my face the whole time, and that made them laugh. So that you know, at the end of the day, I I, I want people to have a good time, and people are laughing. I don't think people are laughing at the artist. They're just laughing more at me because of how I'm, I'm reacting to shit. You sure you, you ain't take the mic and you're like, ladies, I'm single? No, nah, I didn't do that. That's not cool. Uh, like right, As of right now, I tell, I'm going to tell you the truth a little bit about relationships with me. Uh, yeah. And when I'm all together, I'll be on the prowl looking for a relationship. I think I'll be more you know, ready for a relationship in the year's time. A relationship at this point for now he just wants you to twerk so you can put some dollars in your g-string look i haven't been to a strip club in a long while do not make me do this in the next three weeks now but um on to the next thing uh kendrick lamar's damn dropped and damn it's a fucking great i love the record i know you love the record damn okay. it's exactly what I said when I heard it, I said, damn. Yeah, you know, when it comes down to this whole thing, man, I I had a feeling this, like, when he said the album was going to be about God, I said, the only person who could really, really decipher this as much, I'm not as well-versed in religion as I used to be, is Fast Caesar. So, Caesar, take it away. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he... You know, he did a lot of elements. And one thing that um some people need to understand is a lot of people are just like, oh, why is Kendrick doing this religion bullshit, this and that? Or, oh, he's promoting Christianity. He is and he isn't. He took it back to the essence. Statements made. First of all, track number two, DNA. Mm-hmm. Filled. With symbolism, first of all, we know what DNA is scientifically, unless you're dumb as hell. But in the DNA 
of African Americans, Caribbean Americans, Latinos, Native Americans. There's an ancient DNA, ancient bloodline that was broken off Hebrews, the real Hebrews, not, not the people that are occupying Israel right now and fighting the Palestinians, but the actual native people of that land who the holy book, the Bible, talks about. And Kendrick flat out said, um, but you know, I had an argument with an atheist the other day. I'm not going to go into the whole argument, but he tried to he tried to just throw the quote from DNA when Kendrick says, I am Yeshua's weapon. And I'm like, nigga, do you even know what Yeshua is? Like that, I'm not going to say people are dumb because a lot of people don't know that. But Yeshua is actually the proper name for Jesus Christ. So I'm like, nigga, you just. And the funny thing is this man tried to use that line, I am Yeshua's weapon to attack faith, you know? And I'm like, you just quoted religion to attack religion, you dumbass. So I'm just like, okay, people need to educate themselves. Then you have track number three, Yah. He's not just saying Yah because I know it's like a TDE thing. You'd be hearing them going, Yah, Yah, especially schoolboy. He'd be like, Yah, Yah. But when Kendrick had the song Yah, He's talking about Yahweh, which is the Hebrew name for Jehovah. And then he made the proclamation, like I just said, that African Americans are, in fact, the true Israelites. And so are Latinos, Native Americans. And that explains why in Africa you had Africans selling other quote-unquote so-called Africans because the theory is they weren't Africans at all. Africans were actually selling Hebrews who had lived in Africa for several hundred years because they left Jerusalem when the Romans sacked the city. So they spread mm. out. And the Bible talks about different curses like slavery, losing your cultural identity, losing your language, losing everything. And there are only three groups of people that lost all of that, and that's African-Americans and African-Caribbeans and Latinos and Native Americans. Those are the only people that fulfill the curses that are on the Bible. So whether you believe in the Bible or not, it is all the stuff that our people have gone through as people of color. It's there written thousands of years ago before it happened. So it's like, you know, something to think about. But well, you um, know, the thing about me is that I don't bother an atheist about, first and foremost, you're, you're talking about religious texts that you don't even believe in, first and foremost. That just tells me that you waste your time reading things that you don't believe in. So I think that's stupid as it is. So, I really feel like atheists need to start wasting their times trying to, de to to devalue people's faith and work on themselves. Exactly, because you know what? If you sit there um, talking about, like I said, like I don't believe in the Easter Bunny, right? So, I'm not going to be sitting here like, yo, fuck the Easter Bunny. That shit's gay. I don't know why people give their children candy and fucking little stuffed animal bunny and all that. I don't say none of that. Because I'm not going to waste my time and energy on something that ain't real. So I think that
that the atheists who are complaining about God and people who believe so much, especially when they're not being attacked and you're preaching atheism, you sound like a little girl with daddy issues. Somebody's mad at daddy. Um, another dope uh, record off there is, of course, the last record of the album, which is Duckworth. And I was like... Oh, that's probably... I I have to argue that that might be the best record. I mean, I'm be- I'm... I'm split between that and fear, but fear, yeah, because fear, fear is more about the, the the fear of a black mother. Like, I really like when I hear what he was talking about in fear. I was like, damn, this sounds like some shit that my aunts used to go through when they was living in North Carolina, when they was living in South Carolina, and they used to tell them about, yo, you better go out there and, and fight that man. Don't come back in here until you that you whoop that kid's ass or whatever the fuck. Like, well, like see, there's a lot of shit i was like kind of relating to a little bit no you're gonna relate yeah because you're right but it's more than just fear of a black mother because again this is another song we're at the end of it which i want to know how come there are two versions of the album how come when you get the itunes version there's the skit with his cousin the actual duckworth calling in at the end of fear and reading Deuteronomy chapter 28, which is what I just talked about, because in fear, he's actually, he's talking about three fears. Fear, and not just fear, he's also talking about black culture in America, because like you just said, you can relate to it. Most black people in America and most people of color can relate to the mom talking about, yo, you better not dirty them Jordans. You better not break, you better not say that game is broken. You better eat all that food. Yeah. You know, all you better lower the TV. You better be in bed. You know, at this time when I when I go check on you, you better be sleeping. I don't want to see you watch that TV. Better be off. I'm gonna whoop that ass. But it's also talking about fear of God and fear of yourself because Kendrick's like, okay, I'm rich as hell. Is is God playing a joke on me? Is is all this? Am I gonna lose everything? Am I gonna be back in the hood? Because you know what? As people of color, we have that fear that once we become successful, we're we're scarred from our struggles. And then there's just that fear. Are, is it going to be taken away? Are we going to lose everything? Are they going to make a scandal about us? Are we going to go to prison? You know, so it's like he's saying to God, are you playing a joke on me? Are you testing me? Am I going to get to keep this? You know, and he compared himself to to Job in the Bible, who in that story, the devil made a bet with God. Like, if I take everything away from him, I bet you he won't follow you no more because now he ain't got nothing. So God's like, go ahead, take everything away. But then at the end, you know, God gave Job double what he had before. But that is a constant fear we have. So he covered an earthly topic, a religious topic. And then a personal, like his own, like him dealing with his fame. Like he actually talked about how he felt when he got famous and everything and how he got scared to even buy a Lexus. Like he was sitting on all this bread, but he's like, I ain't spending a dime. I'm sleeping at a hotel. I ain't buying a house. I'm not buying a car. I ain't buying shit right now. He bought himself a nice little modest house, and that's just fine. You know, like a lot of people were like, Why do you buy such a small ass house? He has money. And I was like, Why do y'all care? 
You don't need a big if you're on the especially if you're on the road all the time. I think you need to invest on your tour bus more than anything. Like that's what I'm gonna do. My tour house is gonna be like a, a automobile home. Because yeah. I'm gonna want to take my family with me on the road. I ain't gonna want to be away from the family. Like fame can separate uh, of uh, our families too, and I ain't trying to separate family. So it's like, yo, y'all come in on the bus, and y'all gonna be comfortable. I don't need a big house either. Like, yo, I like that about Kendrick. Kendrick's also not about the hoes. I heard no. he's been dating his high school sweetheart for like forever now. Remember that that fucking dark skinned chick that was like, "Oh, how can you date like date a light skinned like date a light skinned woman and whatever the hell he he, he talks about stuff that makes him sound like a dark skinned dater or whatever the fuck." I don't know what the fuck that shit was all about. That shit was crazy. I was like, "What is up with these people?" Yeah, that shit needs to stop. Like, yo, black is black. Black is black. Y'all need to stop. Houston said that in what ninety one. He said black is black, and y'all still on that dumb shit. My wife is light skinned, all right, and my wife is very black. She'll tell you. She's like, yeah, I'm also half Puerto Rican. She's like, you know what? Either way, I'm black, and I feel the same way. I'm Dominican, and I'm light as hell. I'm probably the same color as Mr. B, maybe a little darker, only because I'm in Florida. But when I was in Jersey, me and Mr. B look like we could be brothers. Like we. We both some light skinned niggas up in here, but we niggas, damn it. Exactly, exactly. And um, back to this album, I don't bother defending Kendrick anymore. I'm I'm tired of defending Kendrick. So yeah, y'all just don't him. understand dope shit. That's it. That's I don't even want to say that because even saying that is kind of like dick riding. But at the end of the day, I've been a fan since Section Eighty, and and his name was ringing bells like crazy. And I was been trying to put people onto his music when Section Eighty came. Out. I felt that was an amazing record. I haven't listened to that record in a very long time, but I felt like he was going to be the next coming of great music. And when he got signed to Aftermath, I was like, "Oh God, this is gonna, this is gonna be great." Yeah, and and, you- and, and it's been great ever since. And I'm not gonna lie, when it comes down to Kendrick. He's one of my favorite artists. Gonna release something. I'm looking forward to listening to it. You know, I I want to hear things about people who don't like Kendrick. I don't understand it. You know. No, I get why. Especially right now, like I said, a lot of people hate the fact on this. I know somebody that's like, yo, I love I love to pimp a butterfly, but I can't stand damn because he's being religiously biased. And it's like, okay, why? It's not a problem when other rappers represent their religion. But if somebody wants to be a Messianic Jew or a Christian or whatever, anything with Jesus, it's a problem. Like, nigga, nobody says nothing when Muslims represent that they're Islamic or when a 5%er represents that they're 5%. And nobody says nothing. Or if you're atheist or if you want to do some satanic shit, people are like, oh, that was artistically dope. You know, I don't worship Satan, but that shit was dope. So why can't Jesus be dope too? Like, yo, let's understand something. Jesus didn't make you a slave. Jesus didn't rape your people. Jesus didn't even make himself white. Other people did that. Yeah. So I don't even know what's all about all the Jesus stuff or anything like no, that. No, that's why people are saying they don't they don't like it. Or um, nah, they, you got gangbanger people that are like, oh, I don't like it because he from Cali, he from a blood neighborhood, but he ain't talking that gangster shit. I ain't hear that shit. 
So there's I also know, I, no, I did remember hearing Troy Ave say some shit like that, saying like, "Oh, like he from Cali, but he talking all this conscious shit," and I'm like, "What do you call him? He had a name for for smart people. That's what I I, I say that Troy Ave had a name." I forgot what, what was he it, called. Bozos or what was it? What was it? There's a couple weirdo weirdos. Weirdo yeah. rappers. Weirdo, weirdo rappers. rappers. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. I like a mixture. Okay. I like that gangster shit. I like some ratchet, ignorant shit. But you need some intelligence there to balance it out. Yeah. And not only that, I feel like Kendrick. You know, there was a, there was always this this uh the comparison thing going on. They were trying to say like. J. Cole is the the J the Jay Z of this generation, and Kendrick was the Nas of this generation. Nope. But Drake is actually the Jay Z the generation. Jay Z, Nas, um, J. Cole Kendrick is Nas. Kendrick is the Andre three thousand of this generation. Well, I could also say he's he's several things. He's Andre three thousand. He's the new Tupac. He's no. Nah. It's I think he's, so. If, when it comes down to like a, a complete artist, he sings, he raps. He's very, very thought provoking with his style and his raps, and his his style is very unconventional, just the same as Andre Three Thousand. So I feel that it's the Andre Three Thousand of this generation. So you agree with Vibe Magazine then? For yes, once. I do. Yes, I do. When have wow. I never? When have I never agreed with I, with any magazine? Like, I don't I know. Saw that shit. magazines that you read, and you've told me like, yo, you don't agree with what they just it's said. You, it's usually complex. <laughs> well, you agree with them too because they said the same thing about what you just said with the whole Andre three thousand thing. They said it. The New York Times said it. I think everybody but Double XL said it. Well, it's okay. I feel like like this. Kendrick is a great artist. If you don't like him, you don't like him. That's cool. But don't get mad at people who do like them and you just start just to say shit just to bring attention to yourself. I think that shit is whack as fuck. And I feel like, you know what? You wouldn't like it if somebody talks shit about artists that you liked. Like, at the end of the day, I feel like this. I listen to Kendrick. I listen to a whole bunch of other music. I wish people would start acting like, oh, why do people pay attention to Kendrick more? And there's so much other dope rappers out there. All right, that's understandable, but understand that Kendrick has a machine about something. It's gonna be everybody's gonna be listening to it. And but people like me, when I have like the ear for what's going on in the underground, of course I'm gonna know when when, when that type of stuff's coming out. And of course I'm gonna listen to it. But you gotta understand some people don't have that type of ear. Some people don't have that type of insider trade ship that I have or or any of us have. Not everybody's yeah. going to do that. And some pe people, you know, I have personal friends that um they don't like nothing laid back. Like, they don't say it's whack, but they're like, I don't like laid back shit. I like all my shit to be hype. So, like, I got one friend that he's like, yeah, I think Humble and DNA are like the best tracks on that album. But it's solely because everything else, for the most part, is kind of laid back. And that's okay for you to feel that way. But um, before we before we end off, the last track of the of the um of the album, Duckworth, amazing, because it's the most craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. And it's like 
there's no like how you can not talk about this in your first album it's kind of crazy but then you save it for now and it's kind of like wow really top because he actually so, like reminisced on his whole career on this album too so he did so the ceo of top dog he just he pretty much gave an autobot a little bit of a, a backstory of top dog you know big gang member back in the day we sell drugs and all types of other stuff like a lot of crazy shit they, they met in a man. robbery of all things they met in a robbery where he would have killed kendrick's father the kfc that's just crazy as shit and like 10 years later you know they meet in a studio or something again yeah, yeah they meet in the studio again and you know see where the success is now for kendrick and stuff like that but if you know that trigger and killed his killed his father Kendrick would be fatherless and probably would be have no father figure or he would have been yg right now yeah he would have been yg right now he would have been yg and you know and and top would be in prison there would be no top dog entertainment damn that means he might have beef with with the homie schoolboy q you know would have been on some set trip it would yo it's crazy the alternate universe that everything would have been in so it just it makes a lot of sense about how the actions of one man can affect another man and so on and so on see that's what good albums do you hear this kind of discussion we talked about black culture religion we talked about the music industry we talked about alternate unit. We talked about so much. That's what good albums do. If you have a good album, you're going to make people talk about it, decipher the lyrics, come up with, like, yo, what about the conspiracy theories? Like, oh, the album's really about um, he's rap Jesus. So he died by on Good Friday, and then he was supposed to release the resurrection album that Sunday that never oh, came out. Oh yeah. Oh something was supposed to call Nation. So all together we call Damn Nation or something like that. Yeah, like I heard all these theories. And you know what? That actually would have been dope, but it didn't happen. And I kind of knew. I'm like, no, the, the the label is not gonna treat this like they did untitled. They're gonna go hard and promote it for weeks and weeks and months and and now and, uh, and now every every song that's on damn is on the billboard 100. it is and i don't think we've seen that in a long time like that was something normal in the mid 90s late 90s early 2000s with hip-hop you will see a couple hip-hop records competing against pop records that hasn't been seen for a long time like for you to outdo Ariana Grande and people like that, or to even be next to them in the charts these days, that's tough to do. Yeah. And he did that. He outsold Drake. Yep. What he did six. I heard six hundred thousand plus. Six hundred ten thousand. First week, gold, and then some. Which yep. that is amazing for today's standard in a day where. I don't think that's counting the streaming. I think that's just sales alone. Like actually, sixty percent is uh, the hard sales. But there's digital sales too. The forty percent is. I mean, um, forty percent is the digital sales. Now, what about streams though? I know the streaming got to be crazy. I know I stream it on Spotify on 
in the car all the time on Spotify. Damn, you you can you can see how many times a track has been streamed on Spotify. But they said that the physical copies of of Damn was like sixty percent of the of the total, and the streaming is forty percent. I think I'm gonna pick up the CD. Like I know, like I want to buy it. Like I have it, but I want to buy it, and I don't think I want the digital. I think I really want a physical. And I really don't buy physical albums. Like I do. I want this one. Well, I bought. I look. I bought. Um, Good Kid, Man City. I've bought To Him a Butterfly. I'm gonna get this one too. And I did buy the digital version of Untitled Unmastered too. So. This tells you how much of a big fan of Kendrick Lamar I am. Even before listening to the album um, Untitled Unmastered, I bought it. I, I'm a big fan of his music. And no, motherfuckers, I'm not going to spit a rhyme that he's ever said so you can, like, fuck. I'm not, I, like I've said before, I don't remember rhymes like that. I'll say one. So, I'll say one line from way back from ADHD 12, to, 12 doobies to the face. Fuck that. Well, I give this album an eight point five out of ten. Like it's not one of his best works, but it's a great. Still listen to it every day. The rating might go up. I give it a nine point five. Cool, and and that makes sense because you actually deciphered the album a little bit more than I could because you're more into like the the more spiritual side of things. Oh yeah, because because you know. I've been saying, um, if you hear, especially my older work, I've been said I was an Israelite. Like Kendrick just said, like something that I said before, but he said it better, and I admit that. Like when I did my album, The Exodus, back in the day, I was striving to do what he did on Damn. It's just I was missing certain elements back then, and he did that. So. Just to let y'all know, if you ever hear me on anything new, like you're not gonna hear a whole album of it, but if you hear a song or something, and I make reference to being an Israelite, don't say, "Oh, he want to copy off Kendrick." Yo, I've been on that. Okay, I can tell you what tribe I'm from and everything in Israel. So don't even go there with me, for everybody listening. But yeah, you're right because I deciphered the album. Actually, I deciphered it with my wife. We were in the car. We were actually um, driving to the airport to pick up Lex, and that's where I really deciphered the album. Like I heard the album before, loved it, but I actually heard every lyric, everything, and I was just mind blown. I was like, "Yo, in a in a, a dominated by darkness type of industry that we're in, an album." that is spreading knowledge of self light and all kinds of other positive stuff is the number one album and that mind blown me because it's like when was that gonna happen so i feel like kendrick also kicked down a couple doors for a lot of people and to be real with you all like people like saying oh like joey badass albums but yeah it's a great album too y'all should be listening to the album as well and i think out of respect for the fact that he felt that kendrick fucked with joey badass he moved his release date for his album to next the week after because remember when he said it was supposed to drop on april on april 7th it didn't come out all they gave was a release date for the album that same yeah. day, and that same day joey badass album did come out and you know, and like at the end of the day, 
You can like anything you want to like, but you need people really need to stop with the the conversations about who's overrated, what album's overrated. Look, nigga, if you like the album, you like the album. Don't even try to talk down a person into not liking an album. That's what I think some of these people be trying to fucking do is talk people down into not liking the damn album. And that includes Kodak Black's album too. If you um, like it. You like it. Mr. B don't like it, and that's fine. I, 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 I never like even it. heard it. I never even heard it yet. Yo, it's at, like I said before on another episode, it's actually good. He like tried to do the old school South. He ain't do today's South. He tried to do the old school South. He just need to step his bars up a little bit. But I really appreciate where he was going on that. So see, you guys are probably mind blowing. You're like, yo, you were just talking about Kendrick's album. How can you like something so deep and intelligent and blah, blah, blah. And then like mm-hmm. Kodak Black. Because that's what we do, nigga. Like, yo, I'm, I'm tired of these people, man. Like, yo, like what you like, man. You know how long it took me to like the Migos? It took me a long time. It really did. I always felt when Versace Versace came out, they were never going to get anywhere. And look where the fuck they're at now. And they make great. At, like, at the end of the day, hey, you know, it takes time to get there, you know. And then I start realizing they really make some pretty good music that I could fuck with. For their lane, exactly. Like, you know, every style of music has something that's useful in your life. Like, if I'm cleaning and everything, I don't got time to really sit and hear some music, like your lyrics and and everything. So I might be bumping some turn up and, you know, making sure that the crib is on point. Yeah. But if I'm sitting and I got my headphones on and, you know, I'm, I'm taking a trip to the atmosphere. I might want to hear some lyrics and decipher some deep stuff because I'm an intellect like that and I get deeper. But, you know, everything has its purpose. I could be in the car and you want to hear some gangster shit. You can be in the house cleaning. You want to hear some turn up. You could be sitting down so now you have time to listen to lyrics So you because you're relaxing and you might want to hear some lyrics. Everything has its purpose. Or you don't even want to hear hip-hop at that moment. Sometimes you might want to hear some rock music or some R&B or some funk or some jazz. Jazz Like, yo, I'm going to tell you one thing. I love one of my favorite songs right now is Childish Gambino, that Redbone. That's like one of the dopest songs. Yo, I know some of y'all are scarred because y'all saw Get Out. I still ain't see Get Out, so no spoilers. But, like, yo, for real, I love that song. And that song sounded like it came out in the 70s. Like, I had an older head tell me he could have sworn that that was from the 70s. I was like, no, that's from now. My my mom thought it was Prince. (laughs) Damn. So somebody imitating Prince or some shit like that. Like, I was like, nah, that's that's, um, Donald Glover, man. That's Charles Gambino. You know, the dude who directed Landa. One's going to be playing Landa Carissian. And he's doper than Kanye. Get mad, people. Because it's few of y'all got mad at my social media when I said that. He is better than Kanye, at he least is. today. He's better than Kanye. Because he's not a douchebag. That's the thing about it. At least he's not a douchebag. And he's more, yo, he sings, he raps, and he produces. Yes, Kanye raps. Yes, Kanye produces. But this nigga took his shirt off, put on some tight pants and glitter, and got on late night TV, and he was Prince, nigga. Yo, but on some real shit, we're going to get into this next song. We're going to get into this music break. 
Yes. All right. The first track of the episode comes from PD and Craze, and this track is called Risk off the Three Up EP. You can see it on SoundCloud. And make sure you follow PD and Craze. We try and get them up to a thousand followers. And if you get them up to a thousand followers, they will throw a free party. So make sure you go to PD to PD and Craze's SoundCloud, follow them, and the link for the possibility of a party, a free party. Drawn by PD and Craze. As yeah, y'all know. want y'all want that yeah nah performed live at your party. Trust me. At this point, we're not gonna talk about yeah nah, but yo, we're gonna get into this track, PD and Craze, Risk off the three up EP. I've been taking way too many risks. I never hated, no, I never did. Mama crying, damn the lights off. That cell of tears I had to wipe off. Separate us from the weed. We've been working, bro. I never sleep. Got the people in my phone book. If I don't need you, I'ma hit the lead. Bottom stacking, ain't nobody here to back me. Money added, mathematics, yeah. Don't nobody want static, yeah. Niggas hating, I'm relaxing, yeah. I'm becoming who I need to be. Niggas sending for a Jesus peace and dying need for a blessing now. That's all I ever really seemed to be. Rent due for a couple weeks. Fuck it, I don't need a place to sleep. I ain't doing nothing special, though. Why the fuck you niggas envy me? I don't really watch how I move. I be too deep up in my groove. Put your two feet inside my shoulders. Y'all ain't been through what I've been through. Fuck what they saying. I need a vacation. I need separation. Y'all got me impatient. The same ones that's hating. Be hoping we make it. Y'all smile in our face, but I notice the change. Damn, got me turned into a monster. About to hit Nike for a sponsor. Get my check. Up, I need a doctor. Niggas acting get a hospital. I've been taking way too many risks. I never hated, no, I never did. Mama crying, damn the lights off. That's hella tears I had to wipe off. You gotta separate us from the weak. We've been working, bro, I never sleep. Had the people in my phone book. If I don't need you, I'ma hit the lead. Told me keep going. Only guess is that I'm hot. He reaching out cause he know it. Speakers dumping all night. Neighbors like, what's the commotion? All these haters still hating. Take my dick, nigga. Hold it. My bitch don't act she an actress. Hell yeah, I got dreams, not a mattress. Need money, stressed out, gymnastics. Front flips, never ever do a backflip. I'm on top in church, I had this. Jersey up, yep, on that Alice. So it coming, I'm telepathic. I run ahead of them other rappers, trackless. Hurry up, gotta fly through traffic. Going right, you going left, that's tragic. Pull up, left. You made a hit, that's good, fantastic But I'd rather make glass than plastic And I'd rather be this than average And I'd rather teach class than pass it But I still go to school, make classics I've been taking way too many risks I never hated, no, I never did Mama crying, damn the lights off That's hella tears I had to wipe off You gotta separate us from the weak We've been working, bro, I never sleep I've been taking way too many risks. I've been taking way too many.
on episode 35 of the Indie Gold podcast. A lot of crazy shit has been going on. Um, we had to yeah, it's it's too crazy. Well, I can't believe it was real when I first saw it. I couldn't believe it was real. You know the the whole Stevie Stevens shit. You know the Facebook killer. That's what we call him the today. Facebook, the, the Facebook live killer. I think I, I don't know what we can call that shit, but let's call him the Facebook killer because like yo, I have not. Yeah, there have been other killings that have happened on Facebook Live that I heard about, but none has received coverage like this one. No, no, not at all. And um, this man went around killing people. So he says killing a lot of people, said 13 people. But so far, the only victim is the um, is the that man old man. Who, who, don't don't call him an old man. Call him elderly. That's not cool. And and um, you know, praises and not and um, and and. and Family who who lost a who probably lost a father or grandfather. Yeah, rest in rest in peace to that. Yo, when I said old man, you know, I really did not mean in a disrespectful way. Like, yo, I looked at that, and I, but you know, I call the elderly old man in a loving way because, like, yo, for real, when I saw that man, yo, my heart dropped to my stomach because. I looked at him and I did think like, yo, he is a father or a grandfather. Like it ra- like radiated off of him like, yo, I'm somebody's parent. Somebody loves me. Somebody has a bond and a relationship with me. I'm a cool guy. I'm walking down the street, minding my business. And here comes this psychopath, crazy ass nigga that killed him over a chick that he probably did th- that that the elderly guy didn't even know personally exactly you know that's the crazy thing about it. nobody that he was killing had anything to do with the relationship and you know i'm, like, I'm not trying to say that he should kill people he should have killed people who had anything to do with the relationship but he was taking out his frustrations on people who don't know probably you know who the fuck he even was like so nigga, just- nobody knows who joy is joy is not special for you to be going around killing strangers okay sorry no piece of pussy is good enough for me to go around fucking up my freedom and my sanity. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. This is probably why I'm not dating at this moment. But I'm telling you, well, not nah, right niggas don't go around killing people over their over their ex girlfriend though like that. So so all this crazy bullshit that was going on about like oh he's now New York. He's in Philadelphia. When I heard them say he was in Philadelphia, I said he trying to get all black men killed in Philadelphia, nigga. Everybody got the freeway beard and the bald head. Like, how the fuck are you gonna go to Philadelphia get all the black men killed? Um, they already got shook in jail, so they ain't say he was in L.A. No, 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 no. And I'm just saying, like, he went from Cleveland and Erie, Pennsylvania. You're trying to fucking tell me. Face has been posted everywhere on social media, on the news. That nigga had to stop for gas. That nigga had to stop for food. Even though he did get stopped, for, he stopped for food. That's where he get, when what happened happened when he, he finally ended his own life like a little bitch and a coward that he is. You really think he ended his own life? Do you think this is a, this is a false flag? I think, yo, I think what really happened is I think he received some funds from somebody. I'm not going to say who that somebody is because I'm quoting my nigga Cliff Poe. You know, I love my life, and I'm not trying to end up in, in some prison that nobody knows about and everything. So, you know, he got paid 
he did deed and to cover their tracks they're like okay we don't need you no more you die and we're gonna say we killed yourself just like you know they did with my man with, with the football player and then they tarnished well, Aaron, that nigga's name Aaron, talking about he had a gay Aaron, lover Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, which I don't believe he had no gay lover or none of that. I don't believe anything they're saying on the news about that. Yeah, you know, at this point, when people keep talking fake news, that's 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 fake news. Like, I'm sorry. Like some of these things, like that, these people keep reporting on is is really baseless, and it has nothing else to do, nothing to do with anything. So I really feel like, in terms of this whole situation, uh, I really felt like if we if we're gonna go with the narrative that this man went from fucking Cleveland to Erie or Reading, Reading, Pennsylvania. How the fuck can this guy go over all these damn places and not have to stop for gas and nobody fucking ID him and say, oh, my God, it's the fucking Facebook live killer? Well, I could but tell then, you at least about the gas. You got to remember, outside of Jersey, a lot of states, you got to pump your own gas. So if you're going to a gas station and ain't nobody there paying attention to who you are, you could get away with that. But you are going to have to stop for food. The nigga might have snacks on snack. He looked like a nigga that carries snacks. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Oh, this God. nigga probably has snacks. And when he ran out of snacks, he's like, damn, McDonald's got that two for five going on. You know, maybe they won't recognize me because it's Pennsylvania. Everybody looks like me over here. So I'm going to walk up in here and order me a cheeseburger. He was in the wrong fucking city in fucking um, Pennsylvania. He should have ended up in Philadelphia, where everybody looks the same. <laughs> they would have, hey, young bull, you want a cheeseburger? Hey, hey Yamaka. <laughs> no. What up, Aki? What up, Aki? That, bur that burger's not halal, dog. I ain't yeah. feeling that. Might yeah, get shot man. over here for eating unclean food. Yeah, but um, the whole situation is really, really fucked up. And, you know, like, and it kind of like, Right after that whole shit ended, and you know, shout out to that that McDonald's employee that 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 spotted who he was and called the police. Did he and, dirty his fries first though? Like that's what I heard. I heard that he yo he put the fries on the floor and everything. He's like, yeah, you want fries with that, sir? I got you. And he like dirtied the fries and called nine one one. At the same yeah, he, time. he said he had to make fresh fries after that shit, and he 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 called the police, and then he started really realizing like, yo, like uh out of here and then of course you know whatever happened happened and you know he's a coward and fuck him so at the end of the day man like i don't know how to really feel about that whole situation because it might have been what, I, what we just said it probably would have been a false flag well that's still and, a bitch move though if he accepted that money and because he still killed innocent people so whether it was a false flag and i still a bitch for killing somebody's grandfather and father uncle and who knows what else a husband even. yeah yeah like, i think he had a wife so. then i think he i think his wife spoke on tv or something too and he was uh -huh. like married to her for like mad years or something yeah but they say anything like it's about this is like a wagging the dog type thing and to don't distract us from what's going on in north korea and in america and, um in the government in the u.s so which i'm glad that that you you brought that up because you know that that was actually the um, the next topic, and um you know I'm not gonna go into a hundred thousand details of it because there are, but 
Yeah. I'm going to just lay down the facts that did happen. You know, Mike Pence did go to South Korea and did say that America had the sword ready and the shield ready. And North Korea said, we are and we will build a nuke. And that nuke will either hit you or your allies. That includes Japan. That includes um, China, even though North Korea is not going to say anything about China openly. But China is one of our allies. And all the other, they threatened Australia most recently, North Korea. What the and fuck? yeah, they threatened <laughs> Australia saying that they will nuke them. Yeah, they threatened Australia because that's how far the nuke can reach. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know what, though? That the, the scary part is they could possibly hit Hawaii if they can hit Australia. And they also said they will sink our entire Navy. So wow. in one instance, it's like, okay, I don't like that Trump is out here. Because like Trump is, is taking a fork right now and poking like, yo, attack us, please. Like he's almost saying, yo, I want you to hit me so I can have a reason to press that button so I can try my new toys out. Because like this nigga put mad money into the military, into rebuilding it. And... You know, in in one sense, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, wow, I can't believe you actually said that. In one sense, it's like it's a good thing that the military has, you know, uh, good weapons and everything. But it's not good when you're picking a fight purposely because you want to test some stuff out. Yeah. Like he really wants to test out some bombs. You know, Syria was not enough because in Syria, you know, in, in, he he did Syria, right? And then he did the uh, the mother of all in Afghanistan, which was a new weapon. It wasn't a nuke, but the power was probably, you know, a little bit almost as strong as a nuke. Yeah, they say it was a non-lethal or non-nuclear or some shit like that. Yeah, it was meant to like blow everything up underground. So, you know, but this man wants North Korea to send that nuke, kill a few million people so that he can then press a button and kill probably all of North Korea's regime and in the process, you know, intoxicate South Korea. Which I don't necessarily think he wants to intoxicate South Korea. No. But, you know, that's what's going to happen if you do that. They're right, they're attached to each other. So if, if you bomb yeah. California, Southern California anyway, Mexico is going to get some of the reaction. Just like if you bomb New York, New Jersey is going to get some of the reaction and probably Pennsylvania or Connecticut. So it's yeah. like, go ahead. Yo, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You said and. and you know, and not only that, I, I actually had a chance to listen to uh the new brilliant idiots episode and talked about this one and this one guy, the guest they had on the show, went to uh North Korea just to see how shit was like. And I'm gonna tell you this right now, life in North Korea is kind of fucked up. Like it's really, really fucked up. But it's a lot worse of these than Cuba. way worse than Cuba. And I really feel like to be honest, when you have these fucking Americans coming over to 
to like try like to report on certain things that's going on in, in North Korea. I, I'm sorry. I don't care how how much journalistic integrity you feel you want to have and all that type of shit. It's not fucking worth it. No, because you're going to jail. Like, yo, if you say fuck Kim Jong, they execute you over there. Exactly. And what they do, they say is that even if you are like an American prisoner, they will treat you really good because you are their hostage and they want you to be, they trade you back. They're going to, they want you to be the tip top shape. They want you to be, you know, you know, worth, worth coming back for. They want so, you, yeah, and they and they want you to say nice things. They want you to be like, "Yo, the Koreans treated me very good, and they fed me, and this and that, so that they can look good in front of the world and hide the molestation, the torture, the all the rape, all the stuff that's going on in in yeah. North Korea." These things, and not only that, they also talked about how um, if one person in your family was to do something bad or to steal something, they'll take your entire family out of the house and make them work until they pay off their debt. And you wouldn't even know who the hell what the family member would have been or anything like that. It, it, they'll they'll make you do it. They probably killed that family member or something. It's it's crazy as fuck. You got. Like, you know, I know we're a podcast and we're talking about, oh, listen to other podcasts. But, you know, these days, I'm going to tell you the real shit. I barely listen to music as much as I used to. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of perspectives and stuff like that. And it, it opens my, my eyes and my ears to a lot of, a lot of things that, that need to be talked about. So, you know, check out that ep- the, the most recent episode of The Brilliant Idiots. It's pretty dope. You know, they really talked about a lot of crazy things, and it's worth watching, worth listening to. Um, this thing, you know, just to close it out, I feel as if like this. Uh, uh, it's always been underestimated. And I, and I noticed one thing you shouldn't do is underestimate an enemy, especially an enemy who vehemently hates. So I would hope we don't underestimate Kim Jong-un. I know, and even though the guy who was on the Brilliant Idiots episode said that we really don't got shit to worry about. He's really that, like, their, 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 their advancement in technology is really, is really that garbage. Um, it is. Like, yo, they tried to shoot a missile and the missile like just exploded. A regular Tomahawk missile that we shoot all the time. That's that's a damn fucking shame. But um I, I really feel like this, you know, like what's going on that that was kinda I don't I don't know what it is with conspiracies these days, but I feel like the people who are spreading the conspiracies put more fear than the conspiracies themselves. And I feel like when um Project Gotham Shield conspiracy running around like they're gonna like simulate a fucking uh, a terrorist attack or, or or atomic bomb attack in New York and whatever and they was gonna have these pe- have all these fucking people all these uh at FEMA or whatever eight or fucking gonna be like in like in giant stadium trying to run through the drills and stuff like that i was like y'all making me really afraid more than the possibility of them doing this and this supposedly supposed to happen yesterday at 10 a.m nothing happened so i'm just sitting here like fuck out of me for no reason because not only that my mom was working 
and she works across the pond, across the water from New York. So, you know, I, I, I don't want none of that to ever happen. And I kind of was scared. I feel these conspiracies these days are more and more fearful, more put, put more fear in people than the actual thing happening. Well, they were, I feel like they were biting because I'll tell you this, since the 80s, there's been people um, talking about prophecies and stuff where New York, you know, no date is given, no year or nothing, but at some point, New York is going to be hit. Some people say it was fulfilled already with 9-11. Other people say something bigger is coming. I believe eventually something bigger will come um, Be only because, you know, of America is bombing other countries or doing other stuff. Eventually somebody's going to get pissed and somebody's going to reach the level of technology where they can equal, you know, they can match whatever we do. Or, or we're going to end up pissing off the wrong people that have been on our side for a very long time. And yeah, they're or already, that. And they're, and they're already advanced in technology. Or, or I always said, you know, I could easily see another civil war um, developing, you know, especially when you have, like, what's going on in Washington right now. So there's, there's all kinds of theories, but, you know, we can't live – by fear, we can't be sitting there being afraid of theories and all that. You just gotta live your life and keep it moving. Exactly. And we're gonna get into this commercial break. The Any Go Podcast is now on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, is where you can go and you can support your favorite podcasters or your favorite business or business owners, or you know, try to help them reach goals into helping them to make certain things. You know, at least try like, you know, if somebody like us, you know, we need new microphones. To be honest, I'm gonna be real with you. We do, I do, me, me being the person who does all the editing and the audio editing for the podcast, I might need a new fucking laptop. My laptop's getting ready ass. Because I am pushing that shit to do editing on it. And you know, my because from this episode, we kind of had a lot of fuck ups. Like a, a lot like a lot of a lot of robotic voices. I bet you hear a lot of like skipping skip, skipping and stuff like that. And it's all from just having a little a little bit of outdated kinds of things. You know, I can't some say of it is Google. I can't, I can't I can't it might be Google too. But you can go to patreon.com slash indie gold podcast donate anything you want to donate you know there's a donation where you can just donate anything you want and you don't want to receive any prizes you don't want to receive anything you just want from the goodness of your heart you want to just donate to the indie gold podcast to help us reach some goals and then we do have a option where you can donate five dollars a month and actually you could actually donate more than five dollars a month it's up to you but our our um our one of our perks yeah one of our perks and it's the only perk we have so far because we don't got nothing crazy pretty much you you want to be a part of a new segment called ask b and c where you get to ask us anything that's to do with video games hip-hop music culture life and if you really yeah, and i'll that, be real with you, you for know. if any of y'all who um if you donate 
like two, three hundred dollars, and you're married, and you have marriage problems, I will counsel your your uh, your marriage for free. Oh shit! You I'm just dead gave. Ass. Wait, well, you you kind of didn't counsel the marriage for free. You you telling them they had to pay three hundred dollars to fucking do that shit. Yo, but marriage so, counseling costs thousands of dollars. Like I'm saving money. I'm saving you money over here. So are you, you ordained? I know you're an ordained minister, but can you really ordain marriage counseling? Yeah, because that's part of when when you if you when you can marry people, most of the time you have to give some counsel for a few weeks before the wedding date. Wow. So there you have it, folks. You know, at the end of the day, we really, really want to push to make the Any Gold podcast the best podcast on it. Not only the flyest podcast on the internet, but the best podcast on the internet. And we're going to be having so much more things we want to do. We want to do live shows. We want to do, uh, we want to get merchandise. And we want to expand the Any Gold podcast. Or, you know what? We want to expand Golden Era podcast. We want to get more podcasters diversifying the podcast culture i think the best place to come is here because we're all starting we're just babies at this thing and we're it was better to do than to learn together so so the patreon.com slash indigo podcast support us we thank you very much and thank you for tuning into the indigo podcast and back into the show and we're back on the indigo podcast episode 35 and um, I got some wrestling rumors for all y'all motherfuckers. Um, so for anybody who Bray Wyatt is not the champion no more, and um, since the whole WrestleMania debacle and shit, and from what I've heard, Bray Wyatt is actually being punished for speaking up against the supposed finish that was supposed to happen at WrestleMania, and his punishment was being sent by sent to Raw and not continuing this the feud that he's having with Randy Orton. But to be honest, I'd rather him not be in the feud with Randy Orton because Randy Orton has became lazy in the ring. A lot of people are trying to talk shit about you know people like Dean Ambrose, lazy, but in fucking Dean and um, what's it called and Bray Wyatt being lazy. But I think. The reason why they're starting to be lazy is because they're getting tired of working as hard as they have been, and they're not being heralded. I've seen anything. Yeah, they're getting tired of it, and after a while, you start to lose your, you know, your confidence. You start to lose drive to do these things, and that's that's the same shit that CM Punk went through. You know, he he lost his drive to do this shit because he felt that decisions that were made in booking was trash. And uh, speaking of Dean Ambrose, you know, him and Renee, Renee Young got secretly married, and Dean Ambrose is being punished by being drunk at the Hall of Fame, making a fucking fool of himself. That's, I saw the video. I didn't even see that. That sounds crazy. So what was so bad about it is that his, his girlfriend, well, his, uh, his, his to-be wife was doing an interview, and he was calling himself a lady killer, and I was like, oh... He was drunk as shit. Like he was saying just any fucking thing. So I was like, yeah. So they traded him to Raw as well. And his wife is actually on SmackDown. So from each other. And that and that's that sucks. That's not cool. 
like I think WWE's been having this thing where they kind of don't like people in relationships because they have they've been doing they did this shit with Lana and Rusev they did this shit with Paige L bro Del Rio even though that shit is a very complicated situation because Del Rio was fucking around with Charlotte Flair too. Damn. Before he ended up with Paige, and he, and he was married at the same time. So it's it's like people were trying just trying to tell Paige like yo he's just really no good. But, you know, Paige is Paige. And she's like, you know, a free spirit. Don't give a fuck about what anybody says to her. But, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two way, three Bootios. way. Bootios. Yeah, but um, getting the singles push after the Hardys dropped the tag titles. Um, WWE and Anthem, the owners of TNA, are reaching a settlement that will let them use the broken Matt Hardy character before they weren't even trying to get involved with that shit, but now they see, like, look, the Team Extreme thing 90s and 2000s is not working because when the Dudley Boys came back a little bit, but the nostalgia wore off. And being that Matt Hardy has reinvigorated himself to where he is now, and people are still chanting delete, 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 like a motherfucker. Um, Vince McMahon seeing dial signs right now. He's like, all right, shit, let's let's push this for real. Because before uh Matt Hardy's wife, Reby Sky, was doing all the all the um, all the meetings, and now WWE has stepped in. And now they're trying to make it that they will pay them off and they will not make jewels off the character ever. Not even off merchandise. So they're trying to take so they can all make money off of this. Um, Jinder Mahal is being pushed. Don't know why, but from what I've found out, they're trying to attract audiences from India because they now became a new market that WWE started to dominate in. So even though Jinder Mahal is not from India, but he is Indian. But at the end of the day, they want to like start pushing him. That's why he's the number one contender for the for the world for the WWE championship against Randy Orton. And that he gave um, Finn Balor a concussion on his second match back from his uh, his injury. Crazy that they're they're giving him anything. In the last couple of matches that he's been in, he's he's like lost embarrassingly. So it it really it just really doesn't make any sense. But I hope you know it it, it gets booked correctly. A lot of booking spots have not been at rate, like the booking with Braun Strowman pushing over a fucking ambulance but he can't push over a damn dumpster it it makes no goddamn sense so now and now Vince man starting to really see his genius a little bit starting to fade away a little bit no this is it's going really really going somewhere else where it doesn't need to go and now I think people are getting tired of Braun Strowman and it's kind of sad because he's really he could really be a great champion he could. Yeah, he could be. But the way they're just building this whole shit up is very asinine and, and pathetic and terrible. So and um that's it for the wrestling rumors. And um before we leave for Andy Gold Podcast, 
great comedian, Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. And like the same thing, I like you know, when when Chappelle came out with those specials, a lot I, I like to say the reason why I will always like anything that Dave Chappelle ever comes out with is because my teenagers it shaped my it shaped it shaped a lot of my teenage teenage years, and Charlie Murphy was a part of that, and you know why? Because yes, he was Rick James, the, bitch. The, the Rick James, the the true, the Charlie Murphy's true Hollywood story with the Rick Prince. James, uh, the Prince story, the fucking puppet one where he was like blue red blue Humvee. I said fuck it, but you don't get no pussy. That that shit had me cry. Say you don't understand. So I'll make love to my hand. So I'll beat my dick like it owes me money. I was like, yo, this nigga's hilarious as shit. Saying like Sesame Street for adults. Yeah, it was Sesame Street for adults. That shit was hilarious as fuck. Um Yeah, he died from leukemia and a lot of his peers. Like they didn't even, they didn't even know. Like they was like, how? Like no one, no one noticed. Nothing, you know. And that man could have possibly had a show of sketches of like all the true Hollywood stories that he's probably had. He's been around Eddie Murphy for so long. He's probably in Eddie Murphy. He's been around a lot of people and he probably met so many people. He talked about a story on, on GGN news network with some Snoop Dogg about the story about meeting Red Fox and how Red Fox was such a cool dude and how if he fucking did how Red Fox had like one well, on um, Charlie Murphy's own friends had like a shitty had like a fucking uh, a fucked up tooth like a, like a black tooth and he said that red fox did a whole stand-up special on his own just based on his tooth and he said and then like the next two weeks later he got his tooth his teeth fixed <laughs> so he said he, fu- he fucking joked on him so hard he made him change his smile <laughs> so it was just like charlie murphy had an ability to tell nothing but stories and you can I have a question if they were real or not. You know, there's actually some photographic evidence of Prince actually beating Charlie Murphy in basketball. This is actually And not real. only that, there's there is footage of Rick James high as shit in the studio doing all the shit that was talked about when Charlie Murphy Murphy was talking about. Not only that, like you can tell that Rick James was around fucking Eddie Murphy. He fucking produced party all the time. So it just makes sense. Like, just watch that video and just see how high Rick James is and his whole demeanor and you'll understand everything. Exactly, exactly. And you know, you know, peace to um like I, I had to think about it like, you know, like a couple I think about seven, ten years before um his wife passed away. And you know, he still has some relatively young kids, so I want to like say, you know, my condolences to his children. Hopefully, they're they're well and their father, and he also lost their mother. And it, it's gonna be hard. It really is, and um, we we really lost a really really, our you know our childhood, our our teenage years, or going into our adulthood. You know, Charlie Murphy just. He he found a way to not live in the shadow of 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 a more famous or 
you know, sibling. Because he, after a while, you didn't even know him as Eddie Murphy's brother. You just know him as Darkness or Charlie Murphy or anything like that. So he found yeah, so he many. found ways. his own identity, yeah. And that was a great thing. And nobody knows that he actually was the one who wrote Vampire in Brooklyn. But, um, yeah, so uh, I feel as if like this, man, like, yo. Thank you for tuning in to the Indie Gold Podcast. Um, for everybody, you know, hopefully we drop this episode before, you know, I do this, but I will be doing a DJ set on Tour Music Incorporated's new uh, radio station beta. I'm getting that all together. I'll be talking with the great people over there. And hopefully on Friday, you will be here listening to a, a very special edition of Gem Radio on tour music incorporated and i will you know keep your eyes peeled to the golden air music group um um, uh instagram my instagram and mr b underscore 201 you know i will be making a flyer for it because i do want people to tune in and it's not it's not going to be for a long time might be for 15 to 30 minutes you know, it's not going to be that long, but if, you know, if it does end up being long, then, you know, it's because I really love doing what I do. But tune in on Friday, tourmusicincorporated.com. I'll make sure I have the link in the description. And I'll be spending, mash it down, probably are spending on general radio already that you probably, if nobody got a chance to listen to it, they're going to listen to it on that episode, on that, um, on that radio show. And uh, we're going to get And You have anything else you want to? I said this in the last episode, and I'm going to say it again. Remember, it's getting warm outside. Wash your ass. And there we go. And the last song of the episode. You actually told me about this, 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 this wonderful lady. Uh, her name is Simph, and this track is called Morning. And... You you actually was talking to me about this. Like you was like excited when you heard this person's record. And you was, you wanted me to listen to this person's record so fucking fast, and I finally had a chance to listen to it. And it's a really good record. I, I hope hopefully she has hopefully you know the aspirations to push a little harder to find her own sound. But this is like a demo, I guess, of what what's to come. Yeah. You know, thinking when you heard that record. No, when when I heard that record, it just it blew my mind because um I heard the beat. I saw that the beat was sold. I was a little upset the beat was sold, because I'm not gonna lie, I wanted that beat. And I'm like, who got this beat? So I I dug a little deep and I found her. And when I heard I was say that part again, say that part again. Dug a little deeper. I dug a little deeper and I found her and I said, I ain't even mad no more. She rocked that beat. That beat is hers. I'm not even going to argue about it. Nothing. It's her beat. Word, word. So, yo, the last song of the episode comes from Synth and we will see you next time on the Indigo Podcast. Yeah.
Empathy. You're tired of the news all back and blue. 